This podcast is a Tofop production. Head to tofop.com for more. The following episode of Tofop is rated MA for mature audiences. It may contain sexual references, time travel references, allegations of bin misconduct, and mild coarse language. Tofop advises that this episode is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who thinks a comedy conversation between two old mates sounds like a terrible idea for a show. Minors must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax, this is Dofop, I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson, hello and thank you for watching, I think we've cracked it. We have. I think we have cracked the perfect start to the show. So basically what uh, used to happen is that Podcast Mike would name the episode of Dofop that it was and then count us down, three, two, one, sometimes three, two, one, go, sometimes three, two, one, now. Sometimes. S- begin was it once? He's three, two, commence one, or something begin, like that? commence. <laughs> Proceed. Proceed. Get on with it. (laughs) Fucking just do whatever the fucking nonsense you're going to do. Get on with it so I can get on with my life. Um, So uh, we have this new technology that we're recording these on. If you are not watching this, you can watch this. You can go to our Patreon, sign up there and get full videos of us doing the show. And you'll get to see in the background today um, my old house. And it looks very beautiful. Gorgeous. Yeah, if you took a closer look, you'd see how that is a real facade. It's just, <laughs> just an absolute fucking nightmare out the back there. It's just funnel, yeah. we- funnel web city. It's basically like no one's really been in this house for four years in a serious way. Like, you know, a few friends and whatever just, you know, sleeping on the couch sort of thing. But no one who's been looking after the house. And as people might be aware, uh, there's been some weather. And when I say weather, I mean rain, constant fucking rain for about two years. So, um, yeah, it's fair to say that, like, if I walked out the back there right now, I would probably not be able to commence, <laughs> proceed, start, go with the rest of the podcast, even if podcast Mike demanded it. But uh, we have this fancy countdown now, and it counts down from six. Don't know why six. Weird. That seems like an unusual number to... But on the screen, before it starts recording, you get the countdown, six, six, five, four, three, two, one. And we miss Podcast Mike because yeah. Podcast Mike used to do it manually back in the day. It was like a, it gave us a little buzz to start the show. Yeah. And and so we were starting the show and, and you had a bit of an old man grumble about the fact that you missed <laughs> Podcast Mike. Yeah, yeah, because it, it's it, he would always remind us of the episode number as well, and there'd always be some kind of joke about, oh, geez, look, we've been doing this a long time or whatever. And you're right, it would be a way of us engaging with Mike generally about what he was wearing. But then AI has taken over. I mean, this, 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 this technology we're using has made the show much easier to record, much better quality, but we've lost that kind of personal connection. In fact, well, maybe the mistakes are what made us human after all. <laughs> So, well, what we decided to do today is like have a little hybrid podcast mic countdown because we realized that there was no reason that podcast mic couldn't still be doing the countdown over the top of the computer countdown. In fact, it might actually add to the experience because not only will we get the old-fashioned podcast mic 321, but we would actually get to see the numbers 321 appear on screen as podcast Mike said three two one. Now, 
here's the thing. Podcast not, Mike normally says, this is TOEFOP episode, you know, whatever it happens to be, in three, two, one. Now, first go, and this is what impressed me the most. First go, he immediately just dived in, like about, like he let the six come up, yeah. is, is what I remember. I was worried then. And, I was like, yeah, like, it's not <laughs> the it You haven't gone straight out of the blocks. <laughs> like, and he started like, but very, he didn't panic. Didn't panic out of the block. You know, really was clear about the, like the name of the show and the episode of the show. And then realized he was a slight, like a Scott Morrison, this is not a race I'm out behind. Yeah. <laughs> and that three came up on the screen and he just jumped to that three, then eased us through the two and the one into the show. And I have never felt better about doing this show than I do right now. He had to cram the the number of the show and the title of the show and three in the same sentence. So it was Tofot 379321. And it was like, oh, I like what you did good, there. wasn't it? To start it with a rush and then finish very, very smoothly. He really nailed the landing. It was some Olympic gymnast style shit. Um, I'm back home in the Northern Rivers after being in WA for a mm-hmm. week. And... Uh, um, Things have not been going smoothly uh, since I've been back. First of all, I think it's been raining while I've been gone. (laughs) Got home. There was water in my downstairs living room again. It's like, holy fuck. I mean, I think we've been talking about maybe putting a pool in this house, and I think we're getting one. Whether we like it or not, we're getting an internal pool inside the house in our downstairs living room. You don't need a pool. You just need to dig a hole. Yeah. The rest will take care of itself. Well, that's it. I just need to like get a jackhammer and jackhammer through the concrete slab in my yeah. living room downstairs and it will fill with water. So that was great. Um, so I did my second big demold in, in two weeks this week, just had to drag everything out and just demold, demold. That was something that they don't really put on the, the brochures about Byron Bay, is it? Like when they're doing all the big sell about Byron Bay, they never mention the fact that you, your house and your home will be infested with mold at least half a dozen times in the space of a year. Well, ordinarily that is true regardless because there is a wet season up there and it is very tropical for like normally about three, three or even maybe four months. But apparently it's going to be three or four years. So <laughs> the good news is like the skills you're developing now in being able to remove mold will serve you well in the immediate and far future yeah. <laughs> because it turns out that like 90% of what you're going to be doing with your time is removing mold from things. hundred percent. So um, there was some mold on the downstairs lounge. We've got this big lounge downstairs. It's a real bugger to kind of get the cushions out and take the covers off. And I think it's goose down. So the feathers go everywhere. And so you're doing all this kind of, so we bought it secondhand. All right. Before you bloody, Animal lovers jump on my back. I didn't know it was goose down. It was only after I unzipped the, the thing. It was the second hand. It was a gum tree purchase. It was part of the Top Gun collection, wasn't it? You got the Maverick pillows <laughs> and the goose down. That's exactly right. <laughs> so I took all the cushions out because we've had sunshine the last three days. It's it's amazing what a difference wow. it makes. Like I love where we live and I'm really taken to this kind of semi-rural lifestyle. But almost six months of rain and clouds can really change your opinion of the, of the place. <laughs> like it really does. And I think I, I don't think I get seasonal depression, but as someone who was born and raised in Melbourne, it wasn't until I got out of Melbourne that I realized how much I hate like gray clouds and cold weather. <laughs> like it wasn't until I got far enough away from it. I'm like, oh no, I'm a sunshine person. I like it when it's like blue skies. I like the beach. I like being outdoorsy. I like wearing like singlets and shorts most of the year, but it hasn't been like, that this year until like the last three days. So I'm like, all right, get everything out in the sun. 
So um, got all everything out in the sun, and um, there's it's a big couch. So there's like four seated, big seated cushions, and then about a hundred other kind of like back cushions and you know additional cushions. So there, I had to find space all around our front yard to get them all in the sun. Anyway, um, just before Jim and I went to WA, we bought a second car again, second hand. It's probably made out of like rhino tusks. I'm not sure. <laughs> like so, again, <laughs> you animal activists, get off our back. Uh, I know that all the seats are filled with goose down. That yeah. was the one thing you demanded. <laughs> That's You're like, right. I fucking hate geese. Yeah. That's like, as long as this car, I, I love the environment, but there's just one aspect of the environment I hate, and yeah. it is fucking geese. Yeah. What have they ever done? You know what? What is good for the goose is good for the gander, and what is good for both of them is immediate death and stuffing <laughs> in things that I sit on. I specifically requested a car where the headlights were made from the eyeballs of whales. <laughs> So yeah. it's very off-putting when you see me driving down the street because their eyelids are still attached. Do whales have eyelids? I don't even know. The mammals? Do mammals have eyelids? Who knows? It is weird that you got a second-hand car, but it also has a foie gras. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a Tadurkin. There's a second smaller car inside it. Anyway, so we bought this car because um, uh, we just need, you know, when you've got a kid and you live semi-rural, yes. you just need a kid second needs car. A car. Kid needs a car, you, you know, just in case of emergencies and stuff. So we uh, found this car, uh, got it checked out, all running smooth, no problems. Mechanic loved it. Said, you know, of all the cars I've looked at, you know, this is a really good one. Mm. So anyway, got the cushions out in the sun and then we have to do a, a trip, um, you know, into town to get some stuff. And Just while- in the, the mechanic loved it. Like I understand – the whole point of that, right? Mm. The mechanic loved it. He's a mechanic that we trust and he's given it a good recommendation. Yeah. But you really do have to find a mechanic you trust in that situation because if the car is really good, it's not really that much use to your mechanic. Yeah. You need to find a mechanic who's already really busy. Yeah, yeah. He does not need <laughs> new work. He does not need your shitty old car clogging up his garage. He absolutely just wants to help you. Because if you, if you go to a mechanic, he's got an empty garage, then he's not going to pick the best car for you. Yeah. Well, look, maybe, maybe this mechanic knew more than he was letting on. <laughs> because we had the car, I think we, so we bought it just before LA, uh, WA, LA, mm. and, um, you know, we took it and got it registered and stuff, but then we haven't really driven it until this week when we got back. So yesterday we go out into town, we do a big shop and we had plans to then, you know, because the sun's out, let's take our end of the beach. We packed a, like a, a basket, took an umbrella. It was going to be great. But as I'm driving out of town, I'm like, it feels like the car is pulling to the left. And then I start hearing that kind of like thugga, thugga, thugga. And I'm like, like a, when you get a flat. So I pull over check the car, can't see any obvious, I don't know anything about cars, just let's state this. I, I do what anyone who knows nothing about cars, I circled the car, I kicked the tyres a few times. Just had a look, just had a look around. <laughs> just had a see look. If there was anything obvious, yeah. anything stuck in it or whatever. I even like looked under the car to see like if there was a stick stuck in the wheel, <laughs> like you used yeah. to get your, your BMX when you are a kid because I'm like- I, oh. I'd recently had like my brakes were squealing and I rang up the- People, I, was, I thought, oh, I'm going to have to get my fucking car towed, like the whole thing. And, you know, because it's your brakes, you don't mm. want to fuck around. And they're like, oh, yeah, sometimes it might just get a rock in it and it'll sound like a squealing. Check if there's a rock in it. <laughs> and I looked in it and there was definitely a rock in it. Really? Like, well, that saved myself a lot of time and expense. <laughs> well, here's the thing about like not knowing anything about cars is I am quite, like I'm not, I'm, I'm what would I say? I am competent handyman. Like I can look at, so for instance, yesterday, the cistern in the bathroom wasn't working properly. 
Mm. It just was not taking water from the tap into the cistern. And I was able to look at that, take the cistern apart, work out what was going on with the pump, fix it, go into Bunnings, get the replacement pack out and fix it. So, you know, not oh, over... That's you, that's you, Charlie. You know, you see a... Toilet classic, level. <laughs> you see a classic case of twisted cistern and say, we're not going to take it. Yeah, that's and right. You, you get on the job. So I can fix toilets. That's my... Yeah. But, but cars, I just... I don't, I don't know anything about cars. No, and it's different. And it's also... But yeah, I know. I've always stood by is that cars and toilets are very different. But my, And if anybody does not know the difference between the two, you are not welcome to use... My car, but you my still use my toilet. <laughs> my brother is very good at cars. He's you know, he, but he's but he also he's tried to explain it to me many times. He's come and look at cars with me, and he's like, oh no, they're really simple to understand because they're just you know, one thing connects to the other. Everything has its function. Once you know what it was, like they're not really difficult to work out. Okay, is it the timing belt or is it the carburetor? Anyway, it always just makes no sense to me. So, circle this car. Can't see anything obvious. Get back in. And then I pull over again, and now I see like wispy smoke coming from under the bonnet. So I'm like, God right. damn it. So we are on one of those roads near us where it's like, it's farmland essentially. So I pull into like a driveway and get out, and we're in the middle of nowhere. And, um, well, not middle of nowhere, but the <laughs> nowhere walking distance. Yeah. And so um, the sun's going down. I said to Jim, why don't you just call an Uber? I'll take the babysit out, call an Uber. I'll call the mechanic who did the inspection and see, you know, if he's around. Uh, so get the mechanic on the line. He's just, he's around. He's like, I've been waiting for <laughs> he's this. He's lurking call. in the bushes. I turned around. He was suddenly standing behind me. <laughs> he knew exactly how far you could drive on the shit box that it was. <laughs> so uh, Jem takes off with Iona. And um, while I'm waiting for the mechanic, the owners of the house, they just happen to coincidentally arrive home at the same time. And so, the dude gets out and they're very friendly. Um, and I said to him, do you know anything about cars? He said, yeah, I know a little bit. I used to actually have one of these cars. And so he proceeds to just poke around under the bonnet. And I don't know what he was saying, but he seemed to think there was nothing wrong with the car from what he could see. <laughs> well, I, I explained what the problem was. And he said, did you lose power? And I said, no, I didn't feel like I was losing power. It just he felt said, like. Well, just fucking keep driving. <laughs> you you wuss. Yeah. <laughs> And so then he started asking me questions that make yeah. – this is when I start to feel really oh, yeah, not em emasculated. When they start asking you questions that yeah. you like – A, like, it's a car that we only just bought. If something is, is on or off and you're yes. like, I don't even know what the thing you're referring to is. I, d I had to call the previous owner to find out how to open the yeah. fucking bonnet <laughs> because yeah. I couldn't find the release for it. Yeah. Turns out in this particular brand of car, it's an American car, They're on the it's on the passenger side, which makes no fucking sense to me no, at they all. Should, they should always put them in different places. That's the one thing I've said about cars. <laughs> so this, you can but, make everything as different as possible. But this guy is saying to me, I oh, bet this is the turbo, right? And I'm like, I don't know, mate. Like, A, we just bought it. And B, even if it was, I wouldn't even know what turbo was. And I don't yes, even want- it's the fucking turbo. <laughs> Look at this goose downfield fucking seat, mate. You don't get that in the standard. Only the turbo. I don't even know what turbo does. Like- isn't turbo? I think of Knight Rider. When I think of turbo, I think yeah. it makes your car go extra fast, and you can jump and you can jump <laughs> yeah, ramps like hidden behind yeah, exactly. bushes, but, right? Uh, it's like basically what they do in Fast and the Furious. Is it though? That's turbo. But why they, then? They, then they, why don't they, they call do it turbo? Where they like they put nitrous well, oxide in the engine. Yeah, but that's just an adult Fast and Furious version of turbo. Podcast Mike, while we're talking, can you look up if NOS from Fast and the Furious is different to Turbo? Like, I don't know if you know anything about cars and you can answer it straight away, but if oh, not, well, I think look that it up. they're different. I'm just saying oh, okay. that's the it does modern the same version. Thing. 
I'm saying in the olden days, turbo like was, was like that turbo technology did not exist that kit was using it was like a fictional technology like yeah the turbo boost i think turbo okay mark's got an answer for us yeah i can just i'm gonna read straight off an article from qora so here's what the answer is uh, turbo so up, in other words it's <laughs> <laughs> not real no, i was this, gonna say this, an article is very generous <laughs> this is from graham cox who is a car enthusiast and it okay, says well i'm sorry <laughs> Turbo raises the. Pr- I, I know Graham Cars, who's a cox enthusiast. <laughs> Turbo raises the pressure of the inlet manifold, so forcing more fuel slash oh. air into an engine. Nitrous already. Okay. This is dumb. This, Nitrous like is the- a gas. Okay, so once, boo, shut up. You're like the guy who looked at my car. Get out of here. You did nothing. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mike. That was really mean. So that no, guy. That wasn't mean. That's what our brains both do when people start giving us helpful, helpful information. information. Like, that is literally, Mike was trying to provide us with the answers and our brains are like, no, thank you. They go on the defense. They go on the attack. We have like an immune system reaction to like sensible information entering our brains that like all the nonsense that's inside our skull immediately needs to fight it off. So um, a guy who owns the house, he's like, all right, I'll leave you to it. You know, knock on the door if you need anything. Um, and then the mechanic arrives. Um, and so he gets out. And so I explain the problem. And he does his little engine check with his little pen light, gets under the car. And he's like, well, it's nothing. You know, I thought maybe it could be a, like a wires burnt out or something. He's gone, let's go for a drive. Yeah. And I had that moment, you know, like that Warner Brothers cartoon with the frog. Hello, my honey. Hello, my baby. And then like you turn your back and it's just a frog or whatever. So I get in the car and it's just running perfectly. And the mechanic is like, so what? what?" And and then I start like, uh, you're going, fuck, did, did I imagine it? Is it just because it's a new car and not used to it? And then like the bitumen changed and suddenly like I'm on rougher bitumen. And then did I imagine that the wheel was tugging to one side? And so we drove for about five minutes. I literally, you know, pulled out onto the freeway so I could get up to speed and it's not make. And the mechanic is doing his best not to oh. like judge me who doesn't know the difference between turbo and nos you know and i'm like i'm trying and i I can't even describe the sound in a way any other way that doesn't sound idiotic i'm like it was a thudder 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 (laughs) like i'm trying to perfectly encapsulate the, the specific sound um and then uh so we stop again he gets out he looks he's like i can't see anything and we get in and he's gone okay just when we turn this corner just like feather the brakes uh, so I, I start feathering the brakes and he's like, oh, okay. And he's gone, now accelerate. And I start accelerating. And then you hear this, da 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 And he's like, okay. And he's gone, the car's pulling to the left, isn't it? And I said, yes, yes. And he's gone, now go to the right. Is it going to the right? I'm like, no, no, no. It's just, and he's like, okay. So we pull over. He, we get out. He jacks up the car. Well, and I'm he jacking up something else with the way that he's diagnosed that. <laughs> well, oh, mate, it was so impressive. <laughs> it was like, so impressive. Mate, he was. Is it? Is it? Is it pulling a little to the left right now? <laughs> the minute oh, he mate, said that, yeah. it was. I would have been like, "Oh my god, you're like a car whisperer." <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's like, just lower the dipstick, get it nice yeah. and oily, and get ready to <laughs> shoot some fuel injected. Uh, <laughs> so he jacks the car up. Uh, so the two the two front wheels are off the ground, and he goes over to my side, the driver's side, and he just like start. He said, "I put it in neutral." He just starts spinning the wheel. He's like, "Okay," and then he goes over to the uh, the passenger wheel, and he starts trying to turn it, but it won't move. And he's like, "Okay, this is what the problem is." He's gone. Your uh, brake caliper 
the piston is faulty, so it's engaged. So you've been driving with like the left front wheel brake engaged. That's why it's tugga, 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 you know, because the car's fighting against that. The brakes on. The brakes on, it's tugging to one side. And I'm like, okay, fucking brilliant. And I'm like, so you can fix it, right? And he's like, oh, no. <laughs> like, that's not a, God, no, that's not an easy fix. You've got to get the- what I do, mate. I just diagnose shit. I just <laughs> tell you what's wrong. I can do nothing about it. My garage is full. And I'm like, so this is nothing that you noticed when you did the mechanical inspection last week? And he's like, no, no, it was running smoothly. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. oh, good, mate. <laughs> good, good. And he's like, it's probably because you have to, because we've been driving it all day. You know, that, it, it gets worse. The more, you, the more you hit the brake, the more- applied the brake becomes so you know him doing a little half hour inspection it wasn't going to be noticeable but me fucking driving around all day and feathering the brake wheel engaged this fucking caliper and then it, it wouldn't release the piston was broken okay, so so feathering the brake engaging the caliper and breaking the piston do sound very much like we're in some sort of dom dungeon at this point <laughs> it's like it's real that's my safety word feather the brake <laughs> It's gonna, I don't like, I think the, this, your piston's too far engaged. I needed you to release the calipers. <laughs> feather the brake, feather the brake. Uh, uh, okay, so yeah. does that mean you can only drive at short distances or you can't drive it at all? Correct. So he said, my recommendation is you need to go, uh, he said, you need to go. He's going, who's your, who's your mechanic? I'm like, you are. And he's like, no, no, no. You like, are, mate. Absolutely. He's like, I've never met you before. What are you talking about? <laughs> He's <laughs> like, no, you need like a like a brake specialist. And I said, well, I don't have one. He said, okay, well, they're these great guys, you know, uh, yeah, just in Ballina, if you can get to there. And I said, so can I drive it there? And he's gone, well, no. He's gone, if I was you, I would I would get it towed. That would be the safest. You don't want to, you know, do more damage to the car. And it's like, fucking hell. Like I haven't, we only got it on Friday. Then we went to WA. I got it insured and everything, but I didn't get on NRMA. So there's, I'm not getting a free tow or anything like that. I'd have to pay for a tow truck. So I was like, God oh, damn it. And um, uh, then he said, or, he's gone, or, if you think you can drive all the way there without using your brakes, then, yeah, you could probably do it. And I'm like, oh, all right, that's very useful. Thanks very much. And so he left. And so the sun's gone down now. I'm, sit I'm still like. <laughs> if you think you could drive the whole, I mean, okay. All right. Okay. Great. So Go I'm on. sitting by the side <laughs> of the road. And Jem's calling, wanting to know how everything's are. And so, I'm, so I give her the whole deal. Yeah, I'm like, oh, God like, damn the it. The new car's great, honey. Everything's <laughs> yeah. fine. And so I'm sitting there with the like the tow truck number there. And, and, and I don't know why I get like this, but I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm just annoyed that we've bought this car, already laid yes. some money out for it. And then I'm going to have to like, you know, pay an extra 400 bucks, whatever, for a tow truck. That is And so, so then I'm like. Charlie, do you reckon you can make it to Ballina yeah, without using the absolutely, brakes? Absolutely, <laughs> 100%. It's why I feathered my brakes a little on my reaction because I suddenly realized that's where this story was going. So it was a 10-kilometer journey, about 11 minutes drive, uh -huh. including – No, hang on. Is 11 minutes what it would ordinarily take? 11 minutes take or ordinarily. Oh, mate. Well, probably five minutes at the speed I was coming. No, yeah, 10 minutes, 11 minutes according to, because I looked it up on Google Maps. It's yes. 11 minutes. Mm -hmm. So it's basically three roads, an 80-kilometer road to the freeway, 110 yep. from the freeway, uh -huh. off-ramp of 60, and then 80 kilometers along, and then, you know, a couple of roundabouts, and then that was the the, the brake specialist. So yeah, I'm okay. like I'm, – I'm imagining, like, I can, I can imagine this. In the area in which we live, yeah. I can imagine – like to get to no my breaks. house from town. Yours would be only... difficult with no brakes because you could live up a winding mountain. <laughs> that would be 
problematic and on the fact that there's no bridge anymore and the road fell away. That, that'd yeah. be fine. <laughs> uh, other than that, it'd be fine. So I'm sitting in this like, uh, oh, no, because I, I forgot. So I did attempt to drive it. Um, at, like after the mechanic left, I was like, okay, I'm just going to try to go, go with no brakes. But I got in the car and it started like really shuddering because obviously the brake was on. So I was like, fuck. So I had to pull into like literally just like a ditch on the side of the road with like as cars. Yeah, a ditch as in, not Davey, oh. but ditch as in hole. Yes, a real <laughs> hole. So cars are flying by and I'm like, okay. Uh, uh, I call the mechanic again and say, hey, man, like, um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about the tow truck, but just about the brakes thing again. I said, I just tried to drive it and it was like really shuddering. So I don't know I will be able to drive it even if I don't use brakes. And he said, oh, well, if you just let it cool down a bit, it'll naturally release. But then as soon as you start hitting the brakes again, that piston's going to engage. So just cool the, cool the engine down, wait like 20 minutes and then just go for it. need to have like a 20 minute nap, yeah. recharge. Yeah. <laughs> so... I sat there for 20 minutes just watching this like, and you know what people are like in the country, the way they drive, fucking quick. So, you know, like it's really, I'm negotiating, I'm going to get out of this ditch onto this road, then there's about 150 metres of driving, then I've got to merge or turn, it's like a T intersection, I've got to turn onto a T intersection to an 80 kilometre road. So if I'm going to do this with no brakes, I've got to get my timing absolutely right because there are cars whipping by at 80 kilometers an hour at this intersection. So when I leave the ditch, I've got to time it. I've got to wait till there's like either no cars on the 80 kilometer road or they're far enough away that I reckon I can get up to speed like fucking Marty McFly, <laughs> get up to 88 miles an hour and take that corner without hitting the brakes and then merge, you know, on at 80 kilometers an hour, right? So was there any moment... Oh, don't give me any simple. If there's a simple solution that I've ignored, <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, no, good. Oh dear God, no. No, I, 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 I'm not even in a state to be able to think of a simple solution because I'm in such a state of panic about the story that you're telling me at the moment. So, at this point, when you're waiting 20 minutes and realizing that you're going to have to Marty McFly it to get back out on the road, yeah, did it cross your mind not to do it? Yeah. Yeah. I think that was the majority of my waiting time was like, yes, should I, shouldn't I, shouldn't I, shouldn't I. And then I was like, in my head, I, I was like, look, if I, if I, if I do it and the car starts really shuddering again, oh, okay, I've given it my best shot, but I can't die wondering. <laughs> and I want to save, my, save myself 400 bucks. <laughs> I am going to die. <laughs> and I'm going to die. <laughs> I'm not going to die wondering, but I am going to die. <laughs> I'm going to die in a fiery, in a fiery high-speed crash. He had no brakes, and so to make the just make the degree of difficulty even harder. So I'm on a country road, so there's not a lot of fucking street lights. I'm navigating by a fucking moonlight and my high my high beams. Mm. So I uh, gets to twenty minutes. Turn the engine over, no problem there. I just like gently push out onto the road. There's no shuttering. I'm like, okay, so I give it a bit more juice, and I'm rolling um, towards. I'm rolling towards the road. I'm keeping my speed kind of like. But then, out of fucking nowhere, a car comes out behind me and is up my ass. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, that's fine. As long as no cars come onto the 80 kilometer road intersection I'm heading towards, it's fine because I can just, you know, I don't need to stop for this guy. I can just roll out and keep going. But then, well, two fucking, I'm assuming, teenagers come ripping down the freeway on oh, no, the 80-kilometer road, like, really fast. And, and, I'm, and the timing is now all shot. i got this guy at my ass, and I am, 
like just trying to travel at a kind of normal speed, but not too far. Because I need to be able to slow enough that I can actually take the corner. But then this guy's behind me, so I need to travel fast enough that he's not going to get my ass. So I'm probably doing about, I reckon, 30 to 40K. But then these dickheads, I don't even know who they are. I'm going to assume they're, they're teenagers, like my bins. I'm going to assume. Because one of them is like they're, they're, they're traveling at 80 and then they slow down and then it's like they're kind of like playing funny buggers with each other. Like one is kind of like flashing the lights and I'm like, oh, God damn it. Now's not the time for your kind of teenage pee plater. I think it's like I've got to make this fucking turn. So they go and I swear to God, like it was just a – split second matrix like moment where I'm like, I'm going to make it. I don't care. I'm not going to slow down. So those two cars fly by and I just turn onto the road. <laughs> Literally the last car goes past and make it without hitting the brakes. I'm like, excellent. I reckon in my head, I've got like three feathers of the brake before the car's fucked. I haven't had goose to use feathers, it yet. So. Absolutely. Yeah, goose feathers. <laughs> so then I'm winding up the 80 kilometer road and that's gone fine. That's no problem. It's pretty much a straight road. But then as you get up to the entrance of the freeway, it starts to kind of gets into a 60K zone. Then it gets a bit chicaney. And then you go around a roundabout before you enter the freeway. And so I'm like, okay. And if I know where you're talking about, that it's like also a notorious speed trap there, right? Yep. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. But I, because the thing is like, I don't have to travel like hell for leather. In fact, it's probably better for me to start at a lower speed and then gradually build until I get to the freeway because- Absolutely, because you can't break. I can't break. (laughs) (laughs) But at some stage, Will, when I get to the chicanes and the windy bits, I'm going to have to fucking break because I just can't take those corners. You know, Even if I'm traveling, I think I was doing like 60 at the time or 50 or 60. So I'm like, oh, but I've got a first and second gear in this automatic car. I'm just going to fucking drop into the first gear mm-hmm. as I go up this like chicane. Have you so I do that. that in, have you ever done that before? Yes. Okay, yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's fine. So I drop into the first gear and the car, you know, it just kind of lurches, mm. but I'm okay. I've got some, I've got some, I've got some, uh, I'm still traveling and I haven't had the, the brakes and I've got some control, get through the chicanes, hit the freeway. And then I'm just fucking like, mate, let's open her up. <laughs> yeah. Let her let's rip. just fucking let her rip, open her up, give her some stick. So I fucking hit the accelerator and it was glorious. <laughs> like it was so <laughs> great. Like I just, I, the car just was like brakes the, where we're going. We don't need yeah, We don't need brakes. So I'm flying along that stretch of freeway yeah. and then I'm getting to the Ballina exit, which as you know, you come off that one. It's that, that, that little roundabout before mm-hmm. you get to that other, whatever that road is. And so again, it's a 60 kilometer exit. I'm going from 110. And it's a busy night. A lot of people heading south on the freeway. But I'm flying, mate. I'm like, no one can stop me. No one can stop me. (laughs) Especially not myself. (laughs) Yeah. Except the motherfucking cop car that pulled in front of me because I didn't see to exit the freeway. So I'm like, God damn it. So the cop car pulls in front, Uh, like I'd say, like 30 meters ahead of the exit. Yeah. Because my plan was like, I'm just not going to stop, mate. I'm just not going to stop. Nothing can stop you now. Nothing can stop me. So again, I down gear it into this, into second gear to take the exit so I don't have to hit the brakes. So that slows me from 110 to about 80. I'm still traveling too fast. Yeah. Then I drop down again to first. The car really doesn't like that. Yeah, no. <laughs> like, you know. But I'm now sort of holding steady about a 15-meter distance between me and the rear bumper of the cop car. Do you see the way my camera took the focus oh away God. from my face there? Also, just... The tension in the police car. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. Like a There's a lot at stake. <laughs> there is a lot at stake. And so uh, 
the police car, I'm like, well, I said, I've, I guess I've got a feather in, a feather in me yeah. because when we get to the roundabout, they're going to wait yeah. and I'm going to have to wait behind them and then it should be fine. I can accelerate the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the police car had issues with their brake calipers, but these guys did not stop. They literally drove through the roundabout. I think they even mounted the middle of the roundabout without stopping, not with the lights on or anything, just because, <laughs> I guess, the because, because they're cops, man, and they can do whatever they, they want. They want, yeah, except protect people. Except, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that gives me the green light. Now, in football parlance, I've got someone give me the perfect shepherd, running a block, running a screen, whatever you like. Yeah, so you're now, in the slipstream. You're, I'm you're, in the slipstream. You're like one of those Tour de France riders. Like there's somebody up the pack, up the front doing all the hard work, just clearing it out for you. It was it was brilliant. So, and the cops also were speeding. So it was great because I could get up to 80 and they're still like, you know, they're still ahead of me because they were probably doing 85, 90 or something like that. Then I get to, so I'm two blocks away from the destination and I'm like, brilliant, almost done it. Two roundabouts to navigate. This has got Cops. some real Ferris Bueller's day off, like <laughs> yeah. final scene vibes about it. This chase. Uh, so, so the cops they uh, they continue on. They don't take the same corner I do. I make that corner without having to break, just because I just timed it perfectly. It was like I was in the zone by this stage. I was yeah. just in the zone. Then I've got one last roundabout to take a right hander on, and then I'm there. A fucking car comes out of nowhere, stops. I've got no choice. Hit the brakes. Like the fucking car just uh, will, like is shuddering, like it's having like a a fit. I finally get into the roundabout. I'm like, and then there's only like a street, a street to go. And I'm like, you motherfucker. Like, come on, come on, car. You can get there. You can get there. No. Had to fucking put it in neutral and then just like, push the rest of the way just to get it to the edge of the of the street and then I waited, got the car into the spot. But I did it. Drove without brakes for 10, 11 kilometres. Have you told your family this story? Uh, yeah, I told Jem. Yeah. she fine with this? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it was a calculated risk. Was it? <laughs> was it, I mean, I'm not saying it was a good calculation. It's a nice story because you're here to tell it, but yeah, it does seem very risky. I like, guess what, so. if you, what if the cops had like noticed that you were driving erratically and pulled you over? I wasn't well, driving I, erratically. I wasn't driving no, no, erratically. But as either. in, like they they noticed something and right, you couldn't slow down enough or whatever, and they pulled yeah, you yeah. over. And, well, and technically, you go on a little chase first because you couldn't <laughs> stop because of the brakes. But I think that it wasn't that I couldn't stop. It's just that I didn't want to stop. Like, That's if an true. incident happened, I could stop. It wasn't yeah, like I was driving without brakes. There, there was still brakes. But it made me the think that- The brakes were just going to mean that your car then had to have a 20-minute break. <laughs> I've been driving like a moron for all these years without with, with using my brakes, like an idiot, like a chump, yeah. when I could have been driving all this time, saving yeah. my a fortune on brake pads. Well, Fred Flintstone just used his feet. I mean, come <laughs> on. Uh, let's change topics a little bit to talk about a, a Tofop favourite. Good the story, rock. though. I mean, I'm glad you did it for the story. That's Oh, yeah. Well, quality. the part of me was thinking, even if this goes wrong, we're recording Tofop tomorrow, I'm going to have something to say about it. Yeah, no. It was, I mean, it was. I was on the edge of my seat, literally. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been uh, made it through the second season of Young Rock. 
Uh, and uh, as we discussed on, previously when talking about the Young Rock, this is the Rock testing the waters for a pres- presidential bid. That's the that's the plot line that strings all these kind of flat. So if you can think about it like an episode of Family Guy, every episode starts with the Rock in the future, 2032, doing his presidential campaign, um, and the guy interviewing him, um, uh, he'll say like, uh, uh, you know, uh, Hey, uh, the waiter hasn't brought our bread rolls. You don't mind waiting? And the rock's like, no, I don't mind waiting. Because when I was seven years old, and then they will cut to like a lesson he learned as a seven-year-old or whatever like that. Okay. It's a fine, serviceable sitcom. If you're into wrestling, especially wrestling from the 80s, it's pretty cool because there's a lot of kind of nods and, you know, actors playing famous wrestlers from the 80s. So it's all fun. But there is, my belief is the rock, he's testing the, testing the waters for a, a, a real presidential run. And also, as you discussed last time he's creating his own mythology like he's turning himself into something even more famous and more mythological than he already is by committing all these stories to to public record it's uh, what in the future they will call a rockumentary <laughs> a rockumentary so he um i think actually they even make that joke in the in the show uh, <laughs> They, they really leave no no pun no uh, unturned. Pun no unturned. Ro- ro- I, should, unturned. I should get on board with this. <laughs> yeah, I think I you would quite like it. I think it's uh, it it treads this really fine line between, like, if it wasn't The Rock, you'd be like this fucking dude. Like, it's almost like a cult leader. Like, he's uh-huh. so earnest in his belief about life lessons and hard work and humbleness and blah blah blah. And you know, these are the things that you know are the ABCs of me and blah blah blah. And it's like, if you weren't just the most charismatic, charming, successful dude in the planet, you'd be like, fuck you. <laughs> like, I resent this. Yeah, I resent this and luckily, I resent the show. He is. So it's fine. <laughs> it works perfectly for him. Uh, so, uh, spoiler alert, uh, at the end of the second season, he loses the election to become president. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. But I reckon he is wargaming it. Like, oh, he absolutely. is. He is wargaming. Okay, so let's run a scenario in which I don't win. Let's see what the reaction is. Let's see what people respond to. Let's see what the – they're probably doing heaps of market research. So it got me thinking about The Rock and then, you know, we had that discussion about does he even operate his social media and he's so media savvy. There is a line that The Rock has been using for the last mm-hmm. two years in relation to his upcoming DC movie, Black Adam. Now, for someone who is so media savvy and really has a handle on like, you know, PR and Mm self-promotion, it is one of the clunkiest lines that I've ever heard anyone use, yet he persists with it. And I want your input because you're a rock fan. You also know a bit about marketing and advertising and slogans. So are you familiar with the the line he's been using about Black Adam? So every time he's promoted this upcoming Black Adam film, he says something about the DC universe. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't know. Okay. So about two years ago, and I've been trying to track this online. Mm-hmm. So about two years ago, DC did one of their upfronts or whatever, and he was publicizing it. And he said, the hierarchy of power in the DC universe is about to change. And since that time, I reckon every post about Black Adam, if not other things, Related to DC, The Rock has said the hierarchy, it's either the hierarchy of power is about to change or the hierarchy of power in the DC universe is changing, right? It is the clunkiest fucking tagline. Like, it's terrible. It it doesn't roll off the tongue. You sort of have to think and break it down for a bit. 
then you start wondering, well, what is the hierarchy of power? But obviously this is a dude who market research is fucking everything, right? You, you, you think that he and his seven bucks guys would be like, we want to bring out Black Adam to be the biggest DC film of all time. Or what's a what's something that we can hang our hat on? What is the motto of this film? Yeah. He even posted something a couple of days ago where it was a photo of him with the Black Adam script, and he's sitting at the steps of this, like you know, uh, of of this uh, throne room set, and there's the big Black Adam throne, and the Rock wrote this really earnest post about um, today was a big day. You know, I sat in Black Adam's throne for the first time and we started shooting this film, you know, whenever two years ago. And I promised myself that I would not sit in that throne until I believed I had delivered upon, you know, the you know, the promise of this character. As an actor, I'm like, that's fucking annoying. Like you're an actor. Like they may need to shoot the throne scene early to sit in the fucking chair. It's fine, you've earned it. Like it says in the script, you earned it. Like, you know, it's not you don't have to earn the right to sit in the chair. Like also it's not a thing. Like, Not a thing. The, the, the bigger point for me is that it's a thing. It's not a real throne. You just made up yourself. It isn't. You're not Black Adam. I need yeah. to point out there is no Black Adam. It's there was no character. Black Adam. Yeah. Made up character. So what do you reckon? Because he's been so persistent. Like I even went online and found out that it, I'm not the only one who's noticed this. Like it's become a meme. The hierarchy of power in the DC universe is about to change. A, do you think it's a good slogan? B, do you think, uh, why do you think that they are pushing this so hard? Is there something beyond just selling Black Adam or is there something else underneath this? Because watching The Young Rock and seeing these posts, these earnest posts, like he clearly has this, not obsession, but he's a winner and he likes to dominate and he likes to be the best and, you know, go big or go home. But it's such a terrible, clunky slogan i can't feel i can't but think there is something else going on okay so look here's what i will say get the not fun bit out of the way first and then we can get to the fun of this which would be that this in most of these situations if something is terrible like trust that there's someone who's fucked it up rather than like there's some grand conspiracy so okay the hierarchy of power is about to change the hierarchy of power In the DC universe. All right, sorry, yeah. So the hierarchy of power is about to change. If I told you that was the slogan, that's snappy. You're right. Oh, what does that mean? Like Adam's like a king. There's like a, like it's maybe it's that, but maybe it's about the idea that like move over Superman and move over Batman. Like, you know, the real big hero in the universe and the fact that The Rock is like, you know, not what like a, a white guy called Chris, like playing one of these characters. Like it's a statement about that. It's like cashing in on the, you know, that kind of Marvel Wakanda you know, yep. vibe as well. Like, and then I think some marketing executive has gone, yeah, but can we put in in the DC universe? Please? <laughs> <laughs> and then fuck the whole thing up, right? Yeah. Like, hierarchy of power is about to change. You're right. Like that it's not that like rolls if, off if the tongue much easier. slogan was, um, you know, like if, uh, oh no, uh, who's so someone who has like a, um, like may the force be with you may the force yeah. of the Star the Wars Star universe Wars be with universe, you extended universe be with you you're right it's the corporate branding <laughs> because the, you're right that's exactly what the problem is they have yeah. mentioned the corporation that yeah. does not exist in the story world uh-huh. like if it was just going to be a snappy evocative mm-hmm. title it would exist purely within the world of Black Adam the DC 
first. <laughs> like there's and no, just, Batman's never having a conversation with Superman going, man, this is an interesting DC universe that we all live in. <laughs> the Neil deGrasse Tyson of the uh, DC universe yeah. is like, you know, uh, the DC universe is constantly expanding. <laughs> So I think that's it. I, I mean, I think that's the most boring right. answer. But now let's just take of the DC universe out of it. Okay. The hierarchy. What, what, so what is this? Like the hierarchy then? of power is about to change. The hierarchy of power is about to change. It's still clunky. Like it's still no. not the hierarchy. snappiest. Hierarchy like, is just not a good word for what they're trying to do. I mean, hierarchy implies, I think hierarchy is one of those like words that feels like it has a regal connotation or like hierarchy. that sort of. Yeah. But also, I wonder if it is about that idea of they're trying to launch, like Batman and Superman and all those sort of things haven't quite worked out for them in the way that, you know, perhaps Spider-Man and movies like that are, you know, doing. So maybe this is their thing of going, no, 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 no. Like we've got a new big star and this is going to be, this is not like a little, you know, DC movie. This is like a Batman movie or this is like a Superman movie. This is like a Justice League movie. This is you know, how big this movie is going to be. But to take it to where I think you were taking it, which is, is this a secret message that the hierarchy of power in our society needs to change? (laughs) Then sure, I'm on board. Absolutely. Um, The QAnon thing, of course, is the storm. You know, the storm is gathering or the storm is coming. Do you know this? No. So basically, anytime you hear a politician, there was a transphobic... Uh, Australian politician that dominated our election or at least discuss discussion around this particular candidate. I know her name, but I'm not going to actually even say it because she doesn't deserve the publicity. But when she was... Uh, <laughs> I'm, 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 flattered, I'm flattered that you think mentioning her on TOEFOP will suddenly make it national news. Well, because I think this is the world she's going to live in now, not the TOEFOP right. world, but the online podcast world because there is a good living to be made as a grifter. And mm. if you are seen as one of those QAnon people, like, I mean, look at Marjorie, whatever her name is, Thompson. Is that what her name is in America? Green. Green. Sorry. Yeah. Mar- Marjorie Taylor Green. Is that her name? Yeah. Yeah. So, Jonathan Taylor Thomas's mother. Yeah, that's right. I believe. And Tom Green's <laughs> mom as well. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor Thomas and Tom Green's mom, Marjorie Taylor Green. <laughs> and she, like, I mean, they there is an audience there that you can, um, tap into and so the code word is the storm or the gathering of the storm or the storm is coming so trump used to tweet about the storm and yeah this particular politician tweeted about the storm and so so hang on are you saying that charlie cameron of the brisbane lions yeah whenever he's part of qanon hashtag go storm He's actually sending out secret messages to his QAnon followers. <laughs> uh, that's some two podcast streams bleeding into each other. But you can check out our other podcast, Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL adjacent podcast, where we do things like read the Twitter feed of Charles Cameron from the Brisbane Lions. Uh, it is exclusive to the Listener app. Um, but, okay, so let's just say that they're the Marvel Universe of politics, yeah. right? that Trump side, if Trump's coming back and the rock is going to go into the American presidential election, that WrestleMania that he's about to sign up for, then do they need something that is their version of gathering the storm or the storm is coming? Like, so maybe the hierarchy of power needs to change. Is their effort to tap into that? 
Yeah, I think it's just, like, like you say, maybe it's the simplest solution is they're just wanting to rebrand this franchise and they want to do it with a bang. And they're like, well, we need to upset the apple cart. And everyone knows the big DC characters, Wonder Woman, Batman, and uh, the other guy. <laughs> everyone knows. <laughs> everyone. everyone knows. The one who keeps Superman. Getting, oh, yeah, the one who keeps getting in fights in Hawaii. That one. Yeah, yeah that one. <laughs> Don't you reckon? Isn't that like? Uh, <laughs> oh isn't that a real fucking issue for the what marketing team at Warner Brothers? What's happening with that? Oh I my god! Like every day, I was like, oh can't believe they're still writing about this story about Ezra Miller getting arrested in Hawaii. And I'm like, oh, no, it's a different story. <laughs> I, I, how, I mean, I, I believe they throw chairs every time. Like I read the same two articles. It's like, oh, I must be the same article. No, he's thrown a chair. Sorry, they have thrown a chair twice uh. <laughs> in their time as a – what – is he doing like? Is this? Well, they, 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 so I keep fucking yeah, this up. Okay. I mean, I know your intentions are right. They, um, they uh, hate chess, and you know what? They they won't stand for it. Ironically, they do have to stand uh, for it because <laughs> they don't have chairs anymore. But I was thinking about what the Warner Brothers marketing team do because they've obviously spent a lot of money on you know this new Flash film. They've got Michael Keaton back as yeah. Batman, so they're you know this and this is part of the hierarchy of power in the DC universe changing. Yeah. Like they want to. Who knows? They're going to alter timelines and all that kind of shit. Hey, forget the Zack Snyder universe. We're, we're, we're starting again. Doesn't help when your star is on more than one occasion throwing a chair at someone. I mean, again, he hates chairs. Just don't like take him to places where there's chairs. That's the problem. <laughs> Always standing. Always uh, standing. The, I, I, I will say, uh, I mean, it looks like they are troubled. And mm. it feels like in that situation, you would hope that somebody would step in and go, you know. I mean, hey. it's not, it's not, it's not a good thing. But I never liked Ezra Miller. Just was one of the, as a, as an actor, just never appealed to me. Mm. Was always shocked that he kept getting all these like opportunities because I just didn't think he, they were particularly charming or funny or whatever. Did you think you were but, better, better than Ezra? <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't understand a, a playing a superhero, but then again, I guess this is more a Zack Snyder thing. Zack Snyder saw they wanted a Peter Parker type Barry Allen. I never saw Barry Allen as being like this kind of quippy, smart ass kid, but that's the direction they went in. Yeah, and, I, I think with that is Ezra Miller too. Like I didn't mind that that take on, right. on, on Flash. I thought it was fun. Like it worked in those movies. It was actually one of the more fun bits of those movies for me. But um, I think the, the problem they had, both they being the people who made the movie and also Ezra, is that like there was already a really good version of The Flash on TV. That TV yeah. show, The Flash, like that version of The Flash, I think people are like, yeah, this is a cool version of The Flash. Like, you know, yeah. he's kind of a bit dorky and nerdy, but he's also quite competent and good at being The Flash. <laughs> And doesn't throw chairs at anyone. It does not throw in, chairs in their real life. <laughs> let's get to the mailbag before we go. And before we do the mailbag, let's just uh, plug. Uh, Will mentioned earlier our Patreon, patreoncom slash tofop. We're about to record a bonus episode every fortnight. You get a bonus episode of tofop on uh, the Patreon, and you also get full videos 
every week, plus, plus a lot of other great bonus content. Uh, we'll also mention we do another podcast, Two Guys, One Cup, which is exclusive to the listener app. So if you would like to support us, but you can't uh, shell out money for the Patreon, if you sign up to Listener and it's free and download a few of our episodes, our overlords at Listener go, wow, you guys are popular. We'll continue to pay you to do this job. So that's the way you can support us. And uh, you can also go to tofop.com to check out our entire back catalogue of all our podcasts. We have another one called Fofop. Uh, Will, who's on this week? Justin Hamilton, if I get it recorded this afternoon. Uh, just for a change meant to do it this morning and then uh anyway people don't need to know the reasons why i couldn't do it this morning but um uh i am going to try to do it this evening so hopefully there'll be a new episode with justin hamilton this is from gareth uh the subject is existential fun fact Mm -hmm. morning tofop well, we'll be the judge of that. It, well, you send I'm, I'm going to judge it and say, no, it's not morning. It's uh, well, well, According to when this was sent, mm-hmm. it was 2.57 p.m. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, top of the morning Gareth, too then. <laughs> I don't know if we can trust anything else Gareth says. He's going to lie about the time he sent it. Is this the existential fact that he was going <laughs> with that 2.30 in the afternoon is actually in the morning? I came across a bit of information that will have no impact on my life by the time it becomes useful. In the year 2100, um, the year 2100 won't be a leap year despite being part of the four-year cycle. Every 100 years, a leap year is skipped. That's correct. Except if it's it's a multiple of 400. It's not a perfect amount of time. There is a large dog in my front yard taking a shit. Okay. Hey! Get get, out of here. I don't have a dog. Well... (laughs) I don't know. Are you kidnapping more dogs? Have you stolen <laughs> no. more dogs, Charlie? No, there is a giant Labrador, uh, black Labrador. I can see him out yeah. my office window shitting on my front lawn and just walks off. Yeah. Well, what did you expect him to do? <laughs> I don't know. Just like take it with you, mate. He's oh, that's dog. terrible. Sorry, Gareth. I didn't mean to ruin your point. Okay, so every uh, hundred years, okay, yeah. Skip. Well, this yes, because the way that we allocate the time that a year takes isn't perfect so that's what leap years are we have to have that extra day every now and again to get us back on track and that doesn't actually so every year isn't quite perfectly a year and then every hundred years we have to not have one to even it out again they've managed to make it work pretty well you know like if if i had been left in charge of doing that like about a hundred years in they'd be like hey it's like I mean, maybe this solves the whole you think it's morning in the afternoon thing. Because if I was in yeah. charge, you'd be like, it's morning. Yeah, it'll be light at five. I've got this real out of whack. I'm so sorry. Uh, Gareth finishes by saying, Will, if you're interested, uh, dissect or dissect and doing a podcast on Bo Burnham's Inside, which I think you oh, might find interesting. I would find that very interesting. Has the uh, blowback finished against Bo Burnham from people like Ugh, another white man? The blowback. The blowback um, the is uh, another white guy thinks he's revolutionized comedy. I, I think it wasn't much of a blowback, to be honest. Okay. I feel like everybody just thought it was so good that eventually a few people had to reluctantly try to find some problem <laughs> with it. And I don't even think their heart was in it, to be honest. Uh, Kate, uh, subject line is five question mark. So five, F-I-V-E, uh-huh. five number, uh, five, F, five, numeral five, I-V-E. Mm-hmm. What are they called? A prescient quote from Adam Spencer's Book of Numbers uh, uh, published in 2000. Five members is the preferred number 
of all boy harmony groups. Mm-hmm. Consider the Backstreet Boys, Boyzone, InSync, Five, mm-hmm. Take That, New Kids on the Block, etc. The allocation of talent across the five members is traditionally two fantastic breakdancers, one guy who looks great in slacks, one moody brooding loner, that's Jay, complete yeah. with nose ring or goatee beard, and one who can actually sing. Uh, Kate wants to know which of those archetypes we would be. Get- I'm definitely not the moody broody one. Okay, run, run us through them one by one. Two fantastic break dancers. I That's, think that rules us no, out. No. A guy who looks good in slacks. Maybe you could be a guy. I think I yeah. Slacks. I think I look okay in slacks. I don't, I don't. I don't wear slacks. I reckon you could be moody brooding loner. You're a loner, oh, definitely. Yeah, absolutely, I'm. A but moody. you're not moody and brooding. Oh, well, no, maybe it's people you don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. You, I could definitely like. I'm you're the J. <laughs> you're you're the J of Tofop. Yeah, is WJOK? <laughs> you just got to work on your on your raps. Yeah. Um, all right, one last bit of mail, and then we'll say adios. Arrivederci. Um, so long. Farewell. Sayonara. This is from Justin. To Colin Fop. Uh-huh. I have become what I used to laugh at. I live in a Bayside Council in Melbourne, very close to where Charlie grew up, and they're having a bin revolution. Mm-hmm. The general waste bin pickup schedule is being changed so that it only gets picked up every two weeks. Right. And, they're cha- and they're changing the compost and green waste bin to every week. Mm-hmm. I would love to get your opinions on this situation. Uh, that's standard where we live Absolutely now. Absolutely 100% how my bins have worked for the last two and a half years of my life. Yeah. Uh, that, that, and I, I think that's all right. I, I have found that I don't need to put my regular general waste bin out all the time. And because where we live, um, it is always wet. And then bouts of sunshine, which makes your garden grow. I'm constantly filling my green bin. So it's actually worked out pretty well. Yeah. Well, I don't have a green bin because I live like proper or too far. So yeah. basically any like green waste goes, well, I have two compost, um, like outdoor compost bins. And so I use those. Oh, how's this? So have, haven't been up there for a while. And uh, um, I grew pumpkins up accidentally. So... <laughs> So in the compost, accidentally, yeah. So in the compost, basically, um, like you know, I, it gets just a little bit leaked out the bottom, and like there'd been some pumpkin seeds in there because of all the, like the cool uh, compost. Like it was perfect environment for the. So literally down where the compost bin is, there was like just like pumpkin patch, a whole bunch of pumpkins. Like, That's awesome. Yeah, I'll no. take one off your hands if you uh-huh. want to give it to me. Um, okay, my biggest issue arises because the last couple of years they encouraged those of us that didn't create as much waste to downsize to a smaller bin, like an eighty liter. Now they're having the pickups. Now they're having the pickups, so we are left with a very small bin space per week. Upon investigation of this new bin regime, I saw that you can upgrade your bin size for no extra cost if you have a chronic condition. Uh-huh. So you'd qualify. Yep. I have a chronic condition, which has no effect on my waste production, but they don't need to know that. Oh, my yeah. wife says I shouldn't exploit the system, <laughs> <laughs> but I say that if I can get a piece of if I can get a piece of mind that our nappies are not going to overflow yeah. in the street, then I will exploit away. Exploit away. As a, Absolutely. As a father who's dealt with nappies and some kind of chronic condition, what would you do? No, yeah, no, mate. No. I can. I mean, you're not exploiting the system. You pay your tax. You, you pay your council rates. You're entitled to it. And yeah. 
you're not saying, hey, I'm having a whole bunch of parties at my house and like, you know, like there's just constantly like alcohol bottles and stuff that I need to put in the bin or something. Or you're just like, I just like, you know, love to buy old tires and then chuck them yeah, out. Yeah, just or something. chuck them out. I just buy the, I go to the green, green grocer that packages everything separately and wraps it in plastic. Yeah. And I just buy all that fruit, <laughs> just throw all that plastic out. Yeah. So I know, I think this is totally appropriate. This is perfectly fine. But I do like, yeah. I think in general, encouraging us to go smaller is a good thing. I don't think you're a bad person if you need more. I just think in mm. a general sense, the size of the bin does give Encourages us some you to waste sort of, more. Well, it just gives us a signal of how much waste is appropriate. And yeah, I feel like 100%. in a general sense, we all absolutely, and I know, you know, for all the fucking times I talk about, you know, impact on the environment, like I, I still wish I could just cut down on the wastage that, that I have. Do you, I, I, I miss the days the incinerator. Like oh, growing up in the suburbs of Melbourne, Mate, my dad, my dad fucking would incinerate everything. <laughs> like it would just, we would burn everything in the house, just gone. I mean, evidence, I went whatever you want. I went through a period of time like during the winter last year where like there was all this like, you know, shit from the storms and stuff that was everywhere. And like, I was like, I'm, I'm going to burn it. So I like put a bonfire together and then like, and then, like, that fire was like the eternal flame. Like, for two months, I would constantly just, like, find something else to chuck on that fucking bonfire. It's and so great. I loved it. And I was here in the city the other night, and so I haven't been here for ages, and there is, like, the garden just is an absolute fucking mess. There is, like, you know, palm fronds and all these sort of things. And, yeah, in the city where you've got the little green bin, like it would literally take me six months shawshank style to just like cut everything down to like get it off the property. And all I was thinking was, could I empty the pool and burn this shit? Like, would that be against the law? If I, because I'd empty the pool. So, like, I empty out the entire pool and then I just like put everything in and I start a fire. So it's totally safe. Would that think be if, that it would not be allowed? No, would. that would no, that would not be allowed. But all I'm encourage you to do is, if you do it, please film it so we've got <laughs> extra content for the Patreon. Patreon.com/slash/tofop. Okay, that is tofop for this week. Thank you again for listening. Go to tofop.com to check out more from us. But for now, I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. This podcast is a Tofop production. Head to Tofop.com for more. Cool things for cool people.